On today's episode of The Glue Guys, basketball ah. is making a slow creep back onto our television screens. And with that, Kevin Durant wow. and Kyrie Irving Mike, may what? be there. We'll discuss I'm... that possibility and all the tentacles <laughs> that will come out of this delayed season. So impressed with how you can flip on the energy switch, man. Wow. Really <laughs> impressed. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic, 40% off and annual subscription to The Athletic, TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Brian! Mike, there is so much going on. The Nets are back. There's <laughs> No, you can't say it yet. Can't the Nets it. are back. It's not ready. Um, it's not quite. The Nets yet. are not back. But exciting news. Um, energy towards a season coming back. <clears throat> Sam Amick and Sham Sharania of The Athletic are reporting that the NBA is zeroing in on Orlando as the city of which the NBA may, in fact, come back and resume its season. The fact that the NBA is zeroing in on a place to resume its season. They also laid out a possible timeline. Teams are expecting within two weeks-ish to begin to recall its players mm. to come back to uh, the cities of which they practice. Then they will practice in those cities if it's safe to do so. And maybe by mid-July, Brian, mid-July. Wow. We will have basketball. Two short months away, Mike. It could. It could be. Um. So this is exciting. So what we're going to do on this pod is... Obviously, yes, we understand that basketball is not officially back, that there's a lot that could change within the, the, the span of just two weeks. Understood. A day even. Who knows? A what? day even. 20 minutes from now, we could get a tweet that'll change the entirety of this conference. Oftentimes, that's what happened, Mike's. But Mike, Michael. this is speculation theater. This is excitement. This is emotion. And we <laughs> are trying to just live in the reality mm. Of what it would be like if the season does return. That's what this pod is all about. Brian, how are you? I'm good. We should make sure to pod a lot uh, very often so that we can capture the moment where we, it officially is announced. Just the same way it was we were we were live when it was officially announced <laughs> that it was that we were taking this hiatus. Wouldn't so that be So you're nice? coming around to my 24-hour live stream pod idea. Mike has this... I, I can only call it self-destructive idea. I don't know what it's, it is a, like it is a suicidal fantasy that Mike has where he wants us to go and do a 24 hour live stream slash podcast and do what I, I and just, and I don't know. What do we do? We stare at each other and <laughs> hope people stare at us. Yeah. It's more of a psycho. Uh, right. Yeah. It's a psychotic fantasy that I have. The, yeah. the, um, the idea of it is a 24 hour Marathon. Uh, if I don't know if anyone is a, a racing fan, I'm not really a racing fan, but there's a 24 hour race called the Le Mans. I think the movie Ford versus Ferrari is about that race, though I haven't seen that movie. Mm. But it's a real race that happens where you race for 24 hours straight. It's very exciting, I guess. I don't know. It's probably actually really boring. Sounds watch. boring. That sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> probably more exciting though than watching two guys pod for 24 hours straight. But what honestly. Six to half a dozen. That's, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. I, probably 
people doing a podcast gets more viewership now mm-hmm. than a race. But yeah, I think it would be a great exploration of our talents. I think we would really press ourselves. Yeah. We would ruin our lives. My wife would hate me. My employer would hate me. Um, and I think it would be a great test of, of if we're men. You know, for the if longest time, men. for the longest wow. time in the history of the world, uh, how to prove that you were a man was to go out and go hunt, to go hunt and mm. kill and bring back something for your didn't your you, tribe. Didn't your you already have a bar mitzvah? Didn't wasn't there? Were you not? <laughs> yeah, mitzvah? we hunt. We hunted <laughs> yeah. for my bar mitzvah. Yeah, um, we went pheasant hunting, but. Um, I think now the equivalent of going about and killing a saber-toothed tiger is podcasting for 24 hours. And that sounds right. That sounds about right. And part of it, we may do it, Brian. It may happen. Wow. Um, it would be watching Thunderstruck with special guests, with uh, uh, you know uh, Uncle Drew with a special. I'm going to be. It's going to be a, a big party, Brian. Funny aside, and this will be quick. In in ancient Aztec culture, what they would do for their coming of age ceremony is they would take a a rectal dose of super high potency hallucinogens psychedelics and then have the the young person just set the he would just they would just set them back into like society and be like now don't act strange <laughs> that's apparently that's apparently the test <laughs> was yeah. that off is that something that had been inside your brain uh, for a certain amount of time or had you been that is in my brain yeah that's just in in a in a, in a file back there it's from you were googling <laughs> uh coming of age ceremonies it's from uh, the, ancient th- the third it's... chimpanzee which is a book by the guy that wrote uh, guns germs of steel i forget his name now but so yeah. let's uh, this brings up a i'm all about synergy Let's combine that ancient Aztec mm-hmm. ceremony with a 24-hour podcast. Smart. And we'll both we, never... We can go full again. rectal psychedelic <laughs> dose if you want, too. I'm, I'm down to party. Um, anyways, what, uh, what's, what's basketball? Let's, let's basketball. Exciting times, man. Um, okay. <clears throat> I don't... I, I know there's... I've, I have become a meme in, of myself. I, I obsess over Kevin Durant's health. I constantly look for all the little breadcrumbs that lead into the basket of bread that would be Kevin Durant returning to basketball. I understand all of that. But even you deniers out there cannot deny <laughs> that we are heading into a place where Kevin Durant may be playing on the basketball court for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I mean, if I were the, if I were a person who had been flaming you on Twitter right now, <clears throat> and there was a lot of the, a lot of you out there flaming Mike, um, I would be cowering. I would be hiding under my bed <laughs> like a baby boy right now because, uh, yeah, I mean, like the timing seems, I mean, and again, cannot, I mean, Mike is a doctor of a sort now, um, and we don't want to yes. down, downplay that. Um, what about, what about the mid July timeline? Has you excited for an Achilles situation? Anything, anything different about a mid July Achilles? Well, I, I will say something about this. So there, so we say mid-July. So that would be 13 months from the time that Kevin Durant got his Achilles surgery, from which if you a 13-month timeline is actually a generous timeline for an Achilles wow. recovery. Wow. That is that would be on the safe side. optimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that is so 10 months would is like what's optimal? 10, 10 months, months is, is optimal? No, no, no. 10 months is the early side of when a guy could ever possibly come back. If you get back in 10 months, you're kind of going back way too early. And mm-hmm. that's what even I was even thinking Kevin Durant could do 10 months. Well, wow. so 10 months to me wasn't like a daunting thing because we had seen other guys come back in that time frame. And 
all the progress that we're seeing from Kevin Durant <laughs> on social media and from what we were hearing from Sean Marks and all these other places, 10 months seemed okay. And then, but it wasn't, ha- obviously that didn't happen. But now we're going to be to reality where 13 months is like when he's actually going to be playing basketball games in this environment. And and here's the key that I think we need to address. So Rich Kleiman, Katie's agent, has specifically said that it's so unrealistic to talk about Kevin Durant having a comeback, which now is like, and like, Rich, I appreciate you. I know what you're doing. I know the game that you're mm. putting out there. I get all of it. Game that. respects game. Yeah, I get it. Like you, it doesn't benefit you or your client or your you know partner in business to say, oh yeah, no, it is realistic. We could do this. I, I get that. You want to hold the moment in. You want to announce it on the boardroom IG live account. You know that's what how they they announced that Kevin Durant was coming to Brooklyn. Maybe they'll do the same mm-hmm. uh, for when they announce that he's actually going to play for the Brooklyn Nets. So I get all that Ke- that Rich Klein is doing, but the unrealistic line, Brian is is no longer sufficient, right? Because mm-hmm. we have Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, speaking with owners and the NBPA and the head of the NBPA consistently, and they're all trying to figure out when basketball could come back. Uh, the owners are motivated, the players are motivated, and obviously the league itself, which is really representative of more of the owners, are all motivated for a season to come back. We know Kevin Durant was part of the super friends, the Avengers of basketball who came out together. I think it was like LeBron, Chris Paul, Paul George was maybe a part of this people who were all on a call saying we want basketball to come back. So Durant himself is advocating for this position. And we talk about unrealistic. Well, we should be, if, if you're rich climate. And again, I understand what he was doing. It is very realistic to begin to discuss this because it's being discussed at the highest levels of the league amongst a group of billionaires, amongst a group of millionaire basketball players, and Adam Silver. This is all being discussed. This isn't, you know, you and I potted with Evan Roberts um, the night the NBA shut down. And I will peel back the curtain for a second. Mm, please. The immediate <clears throat> moment that we found out the NBA was shutting down, we all discussed the possibility that it would increase the chances that Kevin Durant would come back and play basketball. And I removed some of that conversation when I finally released the pod because I felt like, one, we were early on in coronavirus. We didn't know how serious it was going to get. And obviously, it's extremely serious and didn't feel totally correct. Mm. But in that moment, it would have been unrealistic to talk about it, but you were justified in doing so. Now, in this moment where we sit, May 21st, as we were recording this, very realistic, right? Mm. Is it, can you, is it realistic, Brian, for, to have the conversation that Kevin Durant's going to Well, so here, here's where I'm at and, and stop me if I'm getting ahead of, uh, over my skis, right? Um, Please. I'm more concerned about what a championship parade looks like in the, in the, in the Corona, in the Corona world. Cause like, how can we get all those people on a zoom call? Like, what is the, you know, what does that look like? Um, that's more where my head's at. You know, would it be like, it would be the most Nets thing to win a championship in this environment and not be able to celebrate it, to not have the celebration. That yeah, is I've, dr- I've dreamed of going to that Buffalo Wild Wings on Flatbush for for that parade for <laughs> for for five years, five long years now, Mike. Um, um, have you ever been to that Buffalo Wild Wings? That is a 
That no, is a, I, it oh, is a yeah, they I put have. the wild in Buffalo Wild Wings. That's a rowdy <laughs> really Buffalo long. Wild Wings. Yeah. Um, that is, we should broadcast live from that Buffalo Wild yeah. Wings during the parade <laughs> yeah. with no people. I mean, technically, you could have a parade, and it would just go by all the people's apartments that people are trapped in. Still, I mean, mm-hmm. by the time there would be a parade, uh, I hope that we could be allowed outdoors. That'd be like cool. That'd be a cool thing. You know what they should do? They, you know, have you ever seen like if um, on a reality TV show they need to like slap together a quick game, you know, of some kind, uh, or maybe not even a direct. But have you seen those like bubble things that they put around you and you can play soccer in them or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should. They should give out a bunch of those bubbles <laughs> and we can all run around and bop into each other. On we can uh, just bang into each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in Brooklyn. Yeah. I think so. Part of the thing about Kevin Durant, this is it. I mean, allow yourself to get excited. That's kind of my point is like, you know, we are getting closer and closer to sports happening. Uh, The Governor Cuomo of New York, Governor Newsom of California, two of the the more the states that have had the most cases Mm -hmm. in the country. Both of those governors are saying professional sports should come back in our states without fans, but they should come back and we're willing to work with the leagues to make that happen. If those two governors are saying that they're saying it because they believe it could happen. And, but what the NBA is going to do is the NBA most likely is only going to go to one location. They're not, maybe they'll go to two to split up the Western conference and Eastern conference just to have a more isolated environment, but they're all going to go to one location. But the fact that all these States are saying, Hey, we, we should have sports again soon should lead us all to believe that the NBA season I would almost say it's guaranteed to happen at this point, unless wow. if there's like a lightning bolt of negative news, which no one wants, which is a possibility. The only chance that the NBA doesn't get its season going is if there's just an explosion of cases again. Mm-hmm. And because that seems kind of unlikely, again, not a doctor, not an epidemiologist. Just Brian, an Achilles doctor. Yeah. Just an Achilles doctor. We, we You and I talked about this. I think... There's a couple of ways we kind of attack this thing, but I do want to say this. Kevin Durant will be healthy, mm-hmm. and I think the way the NBA is trying to go about doing its end of the regular season playoffs is beneficial to Kevin Durant because what the NBA has said that they want to do, at least through leak sources on all that stuff, is they want to have some regular season games, partly due to economic benefit because – they need to have a certain number of games. They need 70 games to satisfy the regional sports networks like Yes and MSG and all the other NBC sports networks that carry NBA local games. They need to have 70 games to satisfy that contract. So there's going to be a runway of games, five games or so. And then there's going to be what we believe to be a regular playoffs, probably seven game series. And because of that setup, you know, originally I was kind of against Kevin Durant coming back in a condensed playoff format. When we talked about this earlier in coronavirus, it looked like the only chance the NBA was ever going to have to play basketball was like if it was going to be uh, like a bunch of three game series in a really short span of time. Now we're understanding it's going to be more elongated. There's going to be regular season games. There's going to be a regular playoffs. It's not this like knockout tournament discussion that was happening before. That leads a much better runway for Kevin Durant recovering from his Achilles. He's recovered, but of course he has to get into game shape and all that stuff. There's going to be at least three weeks of training camp. There's probably going to be at least two weeks of games, regular season games of some kind, 
just to satisfy whatever contract we have to. And then there'll be a playoffs. That is a perfect opportunity for Kevin Durant to come back and play basketball. And to really and to really succeed, the other part of that, Mike, that has been much less discussed, although it's been a little bit, little bits and bobs popping up in the news, is your boy Kyrie Irving. Um, I haven't know. heard a ton about the. You said no. You don't want to talk about it. No, no. I said I know. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Um, <laughs> like, no, no. We'll not just. Um, but he did post a um, sort of classically cryptic Kyrie uh, Instagram post with his backpack. <laughs> He's got some shoes. He's got. He looks like he's wearing some Under Armour leggings with a pair of maroon shorts. Here's the thing that nobody's talking enough about is the um, the credit card sleeve that he's got there. Oh, very nearly doxed himself. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but he's got you know his Visa credit cards hanging out of this thing. <laughs> nearly showed his number. And <laughs> yeah. Then we all would have been yeah. buying everything we wanted in the world. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if you just, okay? Um, yeah. What What do you think? So if you haven't seen that Instagram photo, go look for you. Just Google Kyrie Irving Instagram. I guess I'm sure it'll pop up immediately. And as Brian described, it's him at a basketball court. We know that there's hardwood there. And yet, I love the speculation it. about like that it's Roosevelt Middle School and all this stuff. Yeah. That's some of my favorite like internet sleuthing. <laughs> Have you ever seen Don't F with Cats? It's sort of like that. No, I haven't. But yeah. I, I know the, the premise of that. Yeah. And they discovered the guys like from Russia, right? That that's the dude Kyrie. If you're listening, to that, you should you would love Donut with Cats. This seems like your kind of jam. What do you think that? So there's two there's two ways that that Instagram photo could be taken. Is that one he's trying to hint that he is on the road to recovery, or two he's just promoting his shoes in some way? Yeah. Which which do you think is more likely? Um. Or are they both? I think likely? it's. I think. Like, I think, think it's. He is a little bit. It's both. It's. I am. I am using my new shoes. Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and can't really talk. But here's the thing. Like so. I. I mean, um, Mike, you've again. I don't want to downplay your expertise on the Achilles front. What is an Achilles doctor called? What do they call that? It's. A, it's not an orthopedist, right? Because that's bones. Yeah, that's a. It's an orthopedist. You're, if you're an orthopedic surgeon, that that's you, what they. You get into, They deal with the body. Achilles stuff. It's not like a yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Good. So you're an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. Um, do 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 rotator cuffs impingements? Does that fall into the orthopedic surgeon purview? It, it does, in fact, Brian. Thank you for asking because oh. I went to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. <laughs> wow. They have a real prestigious. Like, you know, there's a real disconnect between the medical community and marketing in a way, which is probably a good thing. But like their website is called like orthonews.com <laughs> nice which is like they they have great information but all their websites sound fake yeah it's like just why did you just stick with the aaos.com yeah, an acronym like, is much more officious sounding for sure so but they do have something on so Kyrie had a shoulder impingement if we all remember and you'll see some so there's a good daily news story that uh they spoke to one doctor who said Kyrie could come back in September well, September wouldn't be that great for the Brooklyn Nets, no matter what scenario is laid out, because that that would have to be like the NBA finals before he can come back. Uh, but the AAOS says that from a from surgery for a shoulder impingement, your arm will be placed in a sling for a short period of time. And that allows for, you know, to have comfort and to not have any strain. You'll begin to get exercises to regain range of motion in the shoulder and strengthen the arm. It takes two to four months to achieve complete relief of pain, but it may take up to a year. Okay, 
two to Oof. four months. So wow. let's focus just on two to four months. Kyrie had a shoulder surgery, I think it was mid-March or early March. Two months, obviously, is now. Four months is July, when basketball is supposed to definitely be happening. It was happening. really only in March. Yeah, that's right. It was March that he had it. Ugh. Yeah. Cause, and he even, because he, we knew he was out, and then the season crumpled, and then there was still a delay, I think. Well, he sprained his he, knee, and then it was like, you know, may as well just bang all this other stuff out, was sort of the logic there, I guess. Well, no, he sprained his knee, and he got healthy from his knee, but then his oh, shoulder yeah. pain came Man, back. it feels like a, a lifetime ago this season. I'm trying to remember everything. It's so crazy, because he, yeah. he sprained his knee a week before All-Star. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just terrible. <laughs> so, like, the basics of it is, though. So again, this is from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. Two to four months from her shoulder impingement surgery. So two feels aggressive in any kind of scenario from what we've also been reading. And like, this isn't what anyone can Google this on their website. So this isn't like uh, proprietary information that I'm I'm gaining. But the two two months is like for a person who probably isn't playing NBA basketball, right? I think there's a level of difference. If you're trying to play NBA basketball and using the shoulder the way that Kyrie Irving would have to use his shoulder impingement, the whole problem with the impingement is that it it like they they call it swimmer shoulder mm-hmm. because it's the movement above the head, moving your arm, trying to ch- do a swim motion or shooting or using a tennis racket above your arm is where people typically get shoulder impingements um, and the pain from it. That's where the pain comes from. And shooting a basketball, you have to put it above your head. But, okay, my thing is, is that I need more information from Kyrie Irving himself. I need a little video of him <laughs> dribbling a basketball. Of him doing a, a freestyle swim. Um, yeah, dribbling a basketball. That's what you need. We just need something from him, right? Butterfly. Like more than this Instagram photo of him showing shoes. Because I, I do think that's more marketing. Because he knows that he can use his recovery as a way to like wow, amplify. So, this his- is... <laughs> Who's marketing ability? This is what the, all these guys like, do. So you you just presume everyone's as as devious as you are. That's that's the problem. <laughs> Certainly, Kyrie Irving. Mm. I'm not. Yeah, that, that's I think fair. Kyrie and I are very similar. That's true. You guys really. Yeah. Um, but we just need a little bit more because I think the Kyrie, like, okay, if you're Kevin Durant, Brian, and you know Kyrie Irving's not coming back, do you come back? Ah, uh, wow. Oof. Whoa, boy. Let me think about that. And I know Kyrie Irving's not coming back. The thing is, the timing of it is so funky because it's right on that on that four month thing. I mean, taking your four months at but face value. I'm asking if you know Kyrie's not coming back officially, no matter what, not coming back, no matter what. If I know that, okay. If, if well, I go if back I, into what Ian Eagle was saying about like it's just a really. Then you're talking about a whole year and a half, maybe more, it, depending on where they start next season of not playing basketball. And at some point, if I'm healthy, like might just be helpful for my own sense of self confidence getting my body a little bit back into shape, like not playing crazy amount of minutes, doing the like, you know, I'll, I'll come in, clock in for 15 minutes a game. But you don't want to like be away from basketball at his age at that, at that, with that kind of injury, I would be more worried about taking too long of a break at that point. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree where it's like, because what, what this could effectively do if Kyrie Irving is not playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets, this could act as Kevin Durant's like, one, he could get to learn more about Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen. Like, he can learn more about how he plays with all these other guys. And it's probably actually helpful in his recovery if he plays real basketball in a professional environment now. 
as opposed to waiting. Like there's the rust factor. The the rust factor is only going to increase the Chinese rust, if you will. Oh yeah. Will only increase if you just continue to wait and you don't play until like it may be Christmas is when the first game is for next season. And so that means he would have been out, as you said, 18 months. That's a crazy amount of time for a guy who basketball has been obviously the central focus of his whole life. And I do, I do think it diminishes though. If Kyrie Irving doesn't play, it certainly diminishes the chances that Kevin Durant would play. Cause he may not feel like it's worth sort of, cause all these guys will have to get up to a certain level physically to be able to play these games and then play in the playoffs against the Raptors or whoever. It may, he may not feel it's worth it to do like five regular season games plus the six playoff games that it would take, right? To do, to waste his time, to put himself back out there, to quarantine himself in Orlando, Florida. Mm. Um, so I, but I don't think it's a death knell. Let's say if Kyrie Irving doesn't play and if he isn't healthy, I don't think it ruins it. I think it's more likely that he Kyrie Irving probably will be healthy to play, mm-hmm. not knowing anything. <laughs> just, just like that impingement, I, I just, man. What a stinger! That thing really, what a sneaky, yeah. difficult injury. You know, it really stinks that he ended. He didn't end up getting the surgery the moment that he was hurt against Denver. Mm. That like. That if he was immediately diagnosed with an impingement and he was told specific, if he was told specifically, from what we understand about impingements, the pain doesn't necessarily go away if you keep playing basketball. Mm. Like, pain will exist. You could take a pain reliever to get back on the basketball court, which is what he did to get back on the court for whatever the amount of games he was on. But it's like, who could have known? But it would have been nice in some way if he could have just had made that decision. Then we would l- literally be living in a world where Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant would be playing basketball mid-July. Yeah. Um, so you, do you think Durant would play? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I got to tell you, I, 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 we've talked about this. You've talked about this. And, like, it seems to me that the decision really is about Kevin Durant and his, uh, like, his team, his his doctors and, and him, like I, I doubt very highly that like there's going to be a whole lot of, if he says I'm ready to come back and, and my doctors all give me the clear, like it's just going to happen. Um, and I think that, yeah, I would, if I were him, I would be pretty eager to get back. Just, just get some reps in, you know, no matter what. Yeah. And, and we talked about the last dance effect of like mm, last yes. pod we had, which is like, these guys have been home in quarantine watching this documentary about the greatest competitor of all time. And I think they're just all probably like it sucks to be home and not playing basketball. You know, I know that for NBA players, it's a grind, of course, and like that it's really hard to be a basketball player and there's a lot of pressure. And I'm sure at times you want relief from that pressure. But then to have the game taken away from you in the way that it has, to me, it would be a motivating factor for a lot of these guys. And we know from Chris Haynes's report in Yahoo that Chris Paul, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and a few other really big players of all saying we want the season to return. So to me, Kevin Durant is probably going to come back. I would put him more likely than Kyrie Irving. Cause we just don't know about Kyrie Irving's health. We promised we wouldn't do whole episodes about Kevin Durant coming back. And here we are. I mean, it happens. What, what can we do? It happens. Yeah, I know. I, I so apologize. Let me, I'm going to read a quick thing from Roman. Yeah. And then we're going to come back and do, um, 
Brian. Oh, hello. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? How long they have to wait to see a doctor? Yeah. Like 10 weeks now? I don't know. <laughs> a week, maybe. Actually, yeah. on average, people have to wait around 29 days. 29, Brian, to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. That's yeah. a month. Uh, so if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, maybe even a tablet, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. Do you know how long 24 hours is, Brian? Nope. <laughs> nope. A day. Wow. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Love you it. also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I got to say, the glue guys, I when we picked the name, I, let's, again, behind the curtain here. <clears throat> we had another podcast for, how long did we have our old name, which I will reveal in a second, but how long did we have that old name for? Was that a year? No, it couldn't have been. I Well, maybe. I don't know. It's probably more like six months, but too okay. long. Too long is the answer. Yeah. The, our original podcast, we had a third person, which cannot be named who that person is. R- literally cannot. Violation. Cannot. It was our, called The Patroons. Yeah. That was our show. The Patroons, which I love. I actually think that's a great name for a podcast. problem is the Patroons still exist now. The actual basketball team? They're in this thing called the Basketball League, the yeah. Albany Patroons. So if you don't know, particularly actually if you watch Last Dance, there was Patroons dialogue. Phil Jackson was the coach of the Patroons in the CBA. I think that's what it was. I forget. The now, Albany yeah. Patroons. Mm-hmm. Um and for some reason, we chose that. A patroon is like a Dutch settler. It's a, yeah. And the logo it, is a wooden, it's a clog. It's a wooden shoe. <laughs> a Dutch settler like Manhattan, yeah. well, New Amsterdam, if you will. So that was our name of our podcast. And then we changed the name to Glue Guys six months in, as you said. Like jerks. Like Should have stayed the course. And and I like Glue Guys. There's a, It's a brand, you know. Um, yeah. Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons had talked about stealing the name on their own podcast. Uh, at one point, and they didn't do that, thankfully. Um, it did happen. Anyways, so <laughs> I, I remember all the slides. Yeah, I know, I know. That Rolodex of slides. But yeah. who knew that, to me, glue is a perfect promo code for Roman. Mm, you know what I mean? That is good. It it just works. There's there's a, a synchronous. Well, can, you, can you go into that? I don't know. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. Um. Anyways, so the, the Brooklyn Nets, Brian, I just want to hit on one more thing. Please. I'll let you go. <laughs> I'm, d- I'm dying to go. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn is still the interim coach for the you Brooklyn That's funny. Nets. I was just Googling around Jacques Vaughn stuff. How did I know that we were going to talk about this? Jacques Vaughn is still the interim coach for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> mm-hmm. And let's live in this reality that Kevin Durant comes back. And also in the subgenre reality that Kyrie Irving is also on the Brooklyn Nets. So Kenny Atkinson was, he was fired 
two games before or two or three games before the season exploded. And let's imagine he didn't do that and then he would be coaching this team. But Jacques Vaughn is coaching Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, who I shouted out on Twitter. People loved. Mm. Um, I think Jacques Vaughn has like an amazing shot to like win this job. I do too. Don't you think? And it's funny. I was just thinking about this because, like, so this is a thing that we often talk about. But um, and having watched the Last Dance, it really reaffirmed this for me because, like, um, Phil Jackson's ascendance happens uh, in accordance with him adopting Tex Winters' triangle offense thing. And my line of thinking on this is that Phil Jackson, brilliant, brilliant guy in a lot of ways, very smart to know that if he's going to make it in the NBA as an NBA coach for many years. He wants to have a brand associated with his coaching identity, everything that goes with it. The triangle is perfect for him because it's like this, like sort of, it's, it's got a, uh, triangles are mystical in a lot of ways. It's just, got, it's also like too complicated. Like I can't talk to you about the triangle. You don't get it. You just don't get it. Okay, it's too complicated. Jacques Vaughn, if he really wants to cement himself as a front runner in this, I would love it if he just came out of the woodwork with like a brand, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, it could just be hard nosed defense minded, co- something to, to centralize his messaging about like, what is his deal as a basketball coach? Cause like, you know, like Tibbs, for example, I think his brand sucks, but he has one and he'll always have jobs because his brand is just like, I play guys so many minutes that they die. That's my brand. <laughs> and like, it's a crazy brand, but uh, that's me. That's my, that's my philosophy in basketball. I think Jacques Vaughn would do himself a great service by just picking just like a whole, just a roulette wheel of, of like <laughs> whatever the basketball philosophy are and being like, and start doing some press conferences being like, here's what, here's what this is going to be. could be triangle offense. could be anything. I'm just saying he should pick the something. Pentagon offense. Pentagon <laughs> offense. But I love that. Pentagram yeah. offense. Satan, <laughs> the satanic offense. <laughs> I, I do think, so there's an interesting kind of, parallel between phil jackson and jacques vaughn in this way where it's uh so if you remember from the documentary jerry krause was a huge advocate of phil jackson early on in his career that he wanted to hire phil jackson as assistant to the coach before doug collins and that coach rejected that hiring and then when when jerry krause brought on doug collins he seemed like he basically forced phil jackson onto doug's bench and then doug eventually banished Phil Jackson and Tex Winter in some way. And they kind of went off and were just little buddies on Doug Collins's bench. And that didn't really happen with Kenny Atkinson. But I imagine Sean Marks advocated for Jacques Vaughn to be on Kenny's bench because Sean and Jacques have the Spurs connection. Jacques is, was a Spurs player and he's part of the Popovich brain trust family tree. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, and when Kenny came in, you know, why Jacques Vaughn was hired was like he was already a, a head coach at one point in his career to kind of bring the credibility to the staff, to bring a guy who knew what it was like to be a head coach. And also they really wanted a young staff and Jacques was still a guy who could like practice with the players. That's something that the Nets really like in their coaches, that they can practice with players. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily the head coach. But so Sean is probably a pretty big believer in Jacques Vaughn. They probably have a great relationship and they could be best friends. They could be best friends. It's probable. And and he's entering a situation where completely unique, but he could have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. He could have a loaded team 
going against, you know, if you're going to rank the power rankings of the Ra- of the Eastern Conference teams in terms of talent, the Raptors would be in the bottom half as opposed to being the second seed overall, right? Like I would mm. say the Bucks obviously have more talent. I think the Celtics have more talent. I think the Sixers certainly have more talent. And if Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant are on the floor, the Nets have more talent. Mm-hmm. So immediately, the Raptors are uh, you know very good team, but they're playing at a disadvantage. Like Jacques Vaughn could have this incredible opportunity that never would have been afforded to him unless if this pandemic happened, where he could honestly be leading one of the more talented teams in the NBA playoffs in a really nice, unique situation for them. Like, he could prove and steal this job if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving come back. You know, and, like, let's say they go to the Eastern Conference Finals even. Like, do you just give Jacques Vaughn the job then? Or do do Kyrie and Kevin Durant basically say, like, no, we still want, you know, Tyron Lue? Mm. I don't know if that's who they want, but... I think the only thing that's keeping him from from doing that, from having that, is like a little branding, Mike, a little brand makeover. <laughs> Give me. Do you see what I'm saying though? A little bit. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because D'Antoni has seven seconds or less. Yeah. Tibbs has the defense that you describe. Nick Nurse still doesn't have that though. No, he's no, got he's, he's got a thing. He's got in game adjustments. That's his. That's his <laughs> stupid. Thing. What a thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> I I, w- I wish I could just be in game adjustments guy because that means it, it's like <laughs> it's like the Batman of of coaching philosophies because basically like the way that Batman always wins is just like I think of the best idea on the fly and and like win. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's basically Nick Nurse. That's his brand. Um, what would Ty Lue's thing? It seems to be like he's kind of phil jackson light like he can well he can help elevate the ethic of a team or the overall emotion of a team better than anyone else he can figure out personal relationships yes better than anyone else he is he is a politician that's sort of that's what i think that his brand is it's like i can or not a politician but like because he's not like a he's not like a like a mystic in the way that phil jackson is he's not like a soothsayer you know he's not he's not you know he's not doing the uh the sage uh cleanses um but he's doing a version of the same sage cleanse for for the personalities involved. Yeah, and and so kind of what's hurting like a guy like Frank Vogel, who has seen done a really good job, is no one knows what his coaching style is. Like he's not with Indiana, it was clearly defined because the way they played basketball is like Frank Vogel is a defensive genius or something, mm-hmm. right? But that's not really what's happening in Lakers. I mean, that's also a LeBron effect where it's like any coach that LeBron has. The coach is secondary, has been over his career, where, again, and I love uh, Frank Vogel's that. <laughs> There's also, like, the nerd crew, like, the Spolster. Like, he just watches video. Like, Spolster, yeah. go watch a video, Spolster. And Brad Stevens <laughs> is like, oh, go go design an out-of-bounds play, nerd. You know, that. <laughs> that's those types. Um, I think that's our pod today, right? Yeah. How does that feel? 40 minutes. We did it. All right. Solid. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll be back in your ears consistently and as soon as possible particularly if there is news related to imagine COVID-19. imagine if there's news can you imagine what this podcast will be like when there's news news i, I mean i don't know what we'll actually talk about because i feel like we've just <laughs> yeah. just freaking used all that conversation i i we will obviously the second that kevin durant announces that he's going to come back and play basketball Mike, we will do i, I want to see i don't just want to see the tweet that you sent i want to see all the drafts the the balled up pieces of paper <laughs> the crafting of that tweet for when you get that announcement yeah it's um it's gonna be a moment man it's gonna be a moment for all of us because <laughs> kevin durant 
if you don't remember, is the second best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a nice thing to have on your basketball team. It is and the best player the Nets have had in the past 15 years or whatever is, I guess, let's say post Jason Kidd is probably Brooke Lopez. D Sloan. Um, so it'll be nice to see him play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. That's all. Hey, five stars. We want them. We need them, right? Yeah, we got to have them. Thank you. Smush the follow on all the things. Bye everybody.